This is the organic stream. Welcome. If you look at the history of civilization, there is a direct relationship between the decline of soil quality and the decline of those civilizations. All these things came from the earth. They need to go back to the earth. We're not just keeping this stuff out of the landfill and making a product. And that's the attitude you have to take. Every single day, somebody knocks on your door and says, Can I have your way to do If you collect waste alone, then you will have Hi everyone, and welcome to the Organic Stream podcast with your host, Aline Murphy. This week, we're going to be looking at waste collection vehicles and technologies in the context of a city, where narrow streets, traffic and noise are some of the key issues cities deal with. And so to explore this topic, we're in the city of Copenhagen, Denmark, talking with project manager of waste and recycling at Copenhagen City, Bjorn Appelqvist. Bjorn will be discussing with us the main challenges for cities for collection services, the advantages of the increasingly popular smaller utility vehicles, as well as the disadvantages. He'll also give us an insight into their procurement system and how the lack of industry standards makes it difficult to navigate this process. So it's a very interesting episode ahead. And before we get going, I have a few events to mention that are on our radar. The first is the 19th European Biosolids and Organic Resources Conference in Manchester, UK, between the 17th and 19th of November. The event sees 200 European delegates gather for sessions on biowaste treatment and energy recovery in anaerobic digestion, and the programme this year covers both the latest innovations and updates of existing technologies, so that's very interesting. And we're also looking towards Polytech 2014, which is taking place this year in Lyon, France, between the 2nd and 5th of December. This large event will see 400 conferences and 200 innovations premiered this year, with a heavy focus on waste recycling and recovery, and the three themes of sustainable cities, sustainable industry and sustainable hospital development. And finally, the Save the Planet event focuses on progress in sustainable waste management in South East Europe and takes place in Sofia, Bulgaria between the 11th and 13th of March next year, 2015. The event promotes interaction between international exhibitors, visitors, speakers and attendees from across Europe and we are of course especially interested in the sessions on recycling technologies and the circular economy. So those are the events on our radar this week, and you can find all those links in the description on this podcast episode page. And now, just before we get into the interview, I'd like to thank If You Care for making this episode possible. If You Care certified compostable bags are made from potato starch from starch potatoes, blended with a fully compostable polymer, and are polyethylene and plasticizer free. Their potatoes are grown for starch only, unlike corn which is grown for food, and require 40% less land than corn and no irrigation. For more, visit www.ifyoucare.com. And now, on to the interview. So Bjorn, 
For our audience, maybe we can start with some information on Copenhagen City. So maybe the layout, what the main challenges are for Copenhagen as well, for collecting organic material and other kind of materials as well in general. Yeah, okay. The Copenhagen municipality has about 500,000 inhabitants. So it's a, it's a quite small municipality comparing with the biggest cities around the world. But nevertheless, it's a very small area. We have a population density of about 6,000 inhabitants per square kilometer. So, uh, and we have 350,000 workplaces within the city borders. So despite being quite small in international measures, it very much has uh, inner city characteristics. And we have around 90% of our inhabitants are living in uh, apartment buildings, high-rise buildings. And we have about 20,000 single-family housing on top of that. But altogether, it is the center municipality in the kind of way of the Copenhagen metropolitan area and has very much of the inner city uh, characteristics with all that means, uh, traffic congestions, uh, narrow streets, historical buildings, commercial tourism activities combined with residential areas. So it's, in that kind of way, we have a kind of challenge that all that kind of inner city areas have, I would say. One thing we have to, I think, is important to point out also is that the Scandinavian waste management model is based on emptying most of the bins from the yards, from the inner backyards of the residential buildings. Our dustmen actually go in and collect a bin in the yard. It's not the landowner putting the bins on the streets on the collection day, which also means that the waste management companies we are contracting do actually have to walk into most of the properties in Copenhagen which, of course, calls for more space for bins within the yards. It calls for good access routes and also, of course, means that the collection vehicles holds a little bit longer at each address than it would be the case if you should empty from the pavement outside the buildings. Okay, and in relation to the trucks being parked outside for longer and the collection crews having to bring carts outside, I would imagine that this could create a bit of noise issue here with the residents, maybe? Of, of course, a, a collection truck is, is noise in some kind of way, but there are basically three types of noise that can be annoying or disturbing for these citizens. First of all, the noise from moving the bins from a place where they are placed in the yards out to vehicle and back again. The wheels are hitting the, the pavement, hitting the cobblestones and stuff like that, and you get a noise from, from the transportation of the bin. That, that's very much hard, and it's also because when you're actually in the backyards and closer to people's bedrooms, most generally. <laughs> uh, uh, in addition, there's a noise when you're emptying the bin on, on the compacted tracks hitting the back of the truck to get the waste out. And the third source of noise is generally when compacting. So those three factors are more important, I would say, than just having a truck holding still outside the, the property. Of course, you always have the acceleration, braking of the truck, but that's quite small compared with the noise level to get from the other activities. Right, okay. And um, what then are you looking for in vehicles in general? Uh, can you tell me a bit more about the specifications that you have and so on? Yeah, yeah. We have uh, a couple of main targets put up. Uh, Copenhagen has an ambitious climate plan for becoming CO2 neutral. So, of course, uh, CO2 emissions and reduction of CO2 emissions 
how important for Copenhagen. Uh, we look at noise reduction. We look at uh, NOx and particular matter emissions. And those are the three environmental factors we are looking at optimizing. Uh, on top of that, we like to see if we can get as working environmental friendly vehicles as possible. And it's very much about getting out and in other vehicle. And of course, if things can be done, that makes it easier to work around the vehicle. It's good as well. And our last factor is that we want our vehicles to be as trafficant, that is, bicyclists and, and pedestrian-friendly as possible. There are talks, uh, luckily enough, we don't have waste collection vehicles involved, but there are some incidents of right-turning vehicles, heavy vehicles, and accidents with bicyclists. And that's, of course, always incidents that are very grave for the unprotected bicyclist in that situation. So that's something we want to avoid. Uh, so that's, that's in the basic form, that's what we're looking for from our vehicles. Okay, so safer vehicles all round is what you're looking for. And um, a lot of cities are actually looking to use new generation vehicles, and they're usually smaller vehicles for organics collection especially, which probably would help with the safety issue. Um, but you use different vehicles in Copenhagen. Can you tell me about the type of vehicles that you are using at the moment and the issues you may have with them? Yeah, so uh, most of our vehicles today are standard-sized two- or three-axle collection tracks, the larger ones, which works pretty well for quite large portions of the city, I would say. But, of course, you have um, congestion problems when you're entering narrow streets, what you can have as a problem is if a street is narrow enough and if you have a lot of parked cars, there could be actually be travel getting out or in of it because you can't, you can't really open the doors <laughs> when standing there. Then the bus doors that can be seen on some types of vehicles could be useful in some situations. So still, if the street is within the norm values, it can be very difficult on, on narrow streets to go for collection. And there, of course, especially narrow vehicles are important, I would say there. Okay, so smaller or narrow vehicles definitely do have advantages then. They can access smaller streets quicker, for example, and for this reason as well, it can be suitable for increased collection times maybe. And regarding noise reduction, especially if they are electric vehicles and maybe don't use compaction, that cuts down on noise as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then there are some disadvantages to smaller vehicles as well, which is interesting to explore. Of course, as you say, a smaller vehicle has the advantage that you can get access to more places than a larger one. You can get noise reduction and stuff like that, but the disadvantages are interesting to approach as well, as you say, especially when talking about, of course, inner cities are dense, which can make it hard to go in with a big vehicle, but on the other hand, in a densely populated uh, city, you actually fill up a vehicle quite fast because you have a lot of waste producers on a small area. So smaller vehicles means a lot of more transportation time to transfer stations. So the, the amount of work you actually get out of, the collection work in comparison with the transportation work is smaller, of course, on a smaller vehicle. And, and then, of course, that is also connected to, to what kind of salary levels do you have. Of course, Scandinavia and, and Western Europe has higher salary standard levels in general. And the more your man-hour costs compared to the investment of a vehicle, 
the more disadvantageous I would say it is to go for small vehicles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so essentially the lower payload capacity or the amount of material that can be placed in a vehicle is a crucial factor here. Yes. And labour costs you're saying as well can factor in here too um, if there's an increase of hours needed to collect the materials. These are all important to keep in mind when planning a system. So the collection routes, the efficiency of the service and the type of technologies, for example. There is a lot of careful planning involved and our listeners can connect with Lesson 4 of our online course here to learn more about how to plan an efficient collection system in relation to all of this. So in summary, then, you have to be careful with how you plan. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the other kind of factor is uh, for small vehicles in Copenhagen, in, in Scandinavia, I would say, and that's that we have to remember that from an international perspective, Scandinavia is a small market for vehicles in general. So there, I know there's not that many suppliers of vehicles, small vehicles on the market, and that's something that kind of struggles with when looking for alternatives. That's, that's not an, an optimal market competition there. And adapting vehicles for our market aren't that attractive, it seems like, especially for the small ones. Mm-hmm, so that could be an issue, all right. And um, for other cities who are looking at contracting or procuring vehicles for collection, what, in your opinion, would be the key criteria or things to pay attention to when choosing a collection vehicle for your city? It's, uh, I would once again say going for CO2 reduction. Uh, if it's fuel efficiency, if it's about vehicles improving or helping to support your driver to drive in a fuel-efficient way, if it's going for for reduction of, especially for cities, once again, NOx in particular matter are some of the thieves on, on human health and some of the main challenges for inner city environment. That, that should be focused on noise reduction. I see very little on noise reduction on compacted tracks right now. You have a kind of noise reduction on the driving lorry, but on the equipment you put on for compacting, that hasn't been very much done. It's still a steel cupboard, noisy steel cupboard where you where you have to waste into. And that has to be improved. And once again, of course it depends on how noise sensitive your city is, but if you could get an environmental friendly, noise free waste collection, then you can actually go waste collection twenty four seven. having good capital use, you will have less traffic problems and you will so noise reduction, I see, as directly connected to or related to the capital use efficiency of your vehicle park. So for me, that's a key issue. And of course, traffic security and working environment are the third one. Easy access of the vehicles and good vision all around the vehicle to be able to spot other especially pedestrians and bicyclists, but also in, in order for the waste collectors to travel safely around their, their vehicles. That's that's a focus point. Right. And um, I know that the city of Copenhagen does not own its own trucks, but is a contract-driven organisation. So you procure the trucks and the waste management services for the city. Yeah. And as a procurer, then, there are certain ways you can maybe influence the type of vehicles on the market and encourage certain types of technologies over others, perhaps. So um, can you tell me about your procurement process, then, and how you do this yourselves? Uh, well... We we do our procurement processes in a way that we actually make competition for environmental friendly vehicles. 
we're actually right now specifying, mandatory specifying electricity for waste compacting so that we can get a less noise and less emissions from the compacting parts for trucks. Uh, we are competing or putting up competition on the fuel for the lorry. Of course, diesel is uh, the lowest level <laughs> to award on and uh, then going for uh, either national gas or compressed gas. And on the top level, of course, in the long run, we would like to see more fully uh, electrical vehicles, which we, of course, in a kind of way, realize needs new business models and leasing contracts, especially we're in a procurement situation where we procure for five to seven year contracts. So that's where the business have to kind of adapt if we should be able to to absorb a larger capital cost that is more economically financially efficient during the operation period. But that's a time frame that sets the criteria for that. But that's what we do on the CO2 noise part right now. Uh, we are specifying norms on uh, the visibility and the height from the road up to the floor in the driver cabins of the lorries to ensure both they are easy accessible for the drivers waste collectors, but also getting down into the traffic also makes it easier to see pedestrians and bicyclists around your track. So that's how we try to do it, saying, okay, there's a maximum measures that have to be fulfilled for uh, height from the street to the lower level of the front screen, as well as from street level to the floor of the driver cabin. That's, that's the kind of things we try to do as procurers and uh, a contract-driven organization. Yeah, very interesting. And um, are there any challenges or issues that you faced during the tendering process or any issues that you'd like to address when it comes to tendering, maybe in relation to specifying vehicles, like you said, for example? Yeah, yeah. Um, in a kind of way, it is hard as a tendering organization to find out how to do this because you kind of have to do your own market screening on certain technologies or producers. And in the long run, what we really would like to see would be industry standards or industry norms for waste collection vehicles for use in inner cities. It's much easier for us to be able to refer to a standard. It's much easier for our contractors to know what they should ask for. And it's much easier in the long run, I hope, for the producers of the vehicles to know what's expected from them. Because that could be really useful, and that's something that I would, I would urge the, the vehicle producers to look into, see, can we get some standards and norms here? Because that will be a great step forward for efficient and environmentally friendly waste collection in inner cities. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that a lack of industry standards is causing issues here and troubles for people like yourselves. And yeah, it's been quite an interesting discussion today. Um, and it's very clear that there are a lot of factors involved when looking at different technologies and vehicles for collection systems. And uh, we could talk about this a lot more, but um, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. So uh, before we go, though, I'd like to ask you one last question. Um, what would you like to see happen in the future with collection vehicles or how the city uses them? Or is there any final words that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, of course, it would be nice to see more inventions, more untraditional thinking in the field of, uh, of waste collection. What can be done? What kind of different vehicles could be bought, built and utilized within city borders? Uh, I, I said earlier, well, we don't have that many small vehicles. But on the other hand, is the 
the bigger the better philosophy, which is very much driven by the idea of capital per usage. Is that the right one? Or could you think differently on that factor? It could be interesting to see, okay, where is the innovation? Where is the new thinking in that field? Okay, so you want to see more innovation and more new thinking. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, All right, Bjorn, thanks a million for coming on the show today to talk with us. Okay, perfect. All right, all the best then. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was Bjorn Appelquist for the Organic Stream podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you have any questions or comments, leave them on our website, compostory.org, or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is compostoryorg. That's all we have time for this week. Tune in again next time for more great stories.